Hi, this is Russ Taft. Hi, this is John Oliphanty. Hi, this is John Schlipper Petra. Hi, this is Kim Boyce. Hey, everybody, Stephen Curtis Chapman here, and you are listening to Jesus Freaks Final to Digital. Hi, I'm Jason Huddle, host of Jesus Freaks Final to Digital. Before we get into this week's program, I just wanted to take a moment to thank you for downloading this episode and giving us a listen. If you really like what you hear, we'd love to have your support. How can you do that, you say? Well, I'm glad you asked. Simply visit patreon.com slash Jesus Freaks Podcast and become a monthly sponsor. Now you can do that for as little as two measly dollars per month, or you can go higher and get special perks like advanced access to episodes when available, the opportunity to submit questions I will ask our artists on future episodes, and even your very own Jesus Freaks t-shirt. Again, that's patreon.com slash Jesus Freaks Podcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And hey, if you'd like your business or organization to become a sponsor of this program, let us know by visiting our website, JesusFreaksPodcast.com, and click on the Become a Sponsor link at the bottom of the page. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's get on with the show. Hi, this is Dan McCabe from the Daniel Band, and you're listening to Jesus Freaks, Final to Digital. As frontman for the Christian metal group Striper and a solo artist, Michael Sweet has led a storied career in Christian music. But it hasn't come without his turmoil and judgment. Yeah, we definitely were being ridiculed from both ends, and even more so sometimes from the Christian side. Yeah. Which made, makes and made absolutely no sense. You know, we often as Christians uh, are the first ones to attack and judge and destroy. Yeah. And it, that it's always boggled my mind because it should be the opposite. Sure. But, you know, it didn't stop us any, but we did take it, obviously, maybe even subconsciously take it to heart because we did step into the Against the Law era. Right. And that's when, that was a big F you to the church, basically. Nevertheless, Michael and the band still continue to make music to this day, having just dropped a new album last fall. And there's still a place and a relevance for Striper in 2020. At least that's what I believe, and that's why we keep doing this. That's why we, you know, we go in the studio and, and work so hard on a new album and, and work so hard on getting it out to the masses because we feel that there's still a message to be told, to be heard, and received. This week we talked to Michael about their career, the Striper of old, the new era of Striper, what happened to Tim Gaines, and what's ahead for the iconic Christian metal group. That's coming up right now on Jesus Freaks Vinyl to Digital, a presentation of Capco Media Group. I'm your host, Jason Huddle. Freaks Vinyl to Digital today, none other than frontman of one of the greatest Christian metal groups ever to grace a stage, and I say this having seen them live on several occasions, Michael Sweet of Striper, thank you so much for being on the show today. Hey buddy, thanks for having me man, it's a pleasure to be here. So before we get into the days of yesteryear, I want to talk a little bit um, just about how things are going with you now, man. You guys just dropped a new album. How are things going with uh, 
with your new bassist and, and, and moving forward? Oh, amazing. It's interesting because we did just drop a new album September 4th, but uh, it's maybe because of 2020 and COVID and the pandemic and who knows, it feels like an eternity since we released it. You know, yeah. It feels like it's been a, been a year already and it right. hasn't been, but it's going really great. I mean, we're, we're really happy with obviously the lineup, really happy with where we're at as a band. And we're really, really incredibly happy with uh, the album we just released. You know, we really feel that it's our best album to date. Certainly uh, in, in the modern era of Striper, you know, since 05 to now. Yeah. And it holds its own against any album we've ever done, any classic album. And that's our opinion. Some fans would argue with us on that, and that's fine. But that doesn't change our views about it. Sure. Well, I always think that you should be, you should be equally proud. If you're not pr- as proud of your new project as you were of your last one or the one you did 20 years ago, then, you know, there's something to be asked is if you're heading in the right direction. So if you're as that proud of it, as you say you are, then more power to you, man. I think it's great that you guys are still rocking after, you know, what we're almost at 40 years now. It's in, in, insane. Uh, yeah, we, we formed in, in 83 uh, with the original lineup, and then we released our first album in 84. Right. So you thought, you're talking about we're pushing 40 years. You know, in, in three years, we're going to be celebrating our 40-year uh, anniversary in, right. in terms of forming. So it's pretty, pretty awesome. We are a very blessed band to be able to say that. Let's kind of go back to the beginning, even to Rock's regime. Um, I saw a post that you put on Facebook recently that said something to the effect of, I'm paraphrasing, but basically we weren't just doing heavy metal because we thought we could sell records. We were doing heavy metal because that's what we loved. And then we came to know Christ and decided we wanted to do this for Jesus. Is that pretty much, does that sum it up? That sums it up. Yeah, that's the difference, I think, between Striper and most other quote-unquote Christian rock bands, is most of the Christian rock bands and artists that I've met over the years were raised in the church. You know, they were uh, pastors, kids, and literally raised in the church. Striper was not raised in the church. We were raised on the streets of L.A., you know, playing guitars and the whiskey a go-go, and uh, and then we became Christians, you know, uh, and we devoted the band to God when I was 20. It, it rededicated my life. I was a Christian when I was 12, but then it, it wasn't for me a real experience. I kind of walked away from that and it wasn't rooted and grounded until I was 20. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of these other Christian artists, and that's not to take away from their story their history, but they were raised in the church. So they were Christians that became a rock band and we were a rock band that became Christians. <laughs> what was it like when you first took the stage as now a Christian band uh, and, and you're talking about Jesus to a, probably a large group of people that were not Christians? How was that received? Well, I mean, it's uh, as it is today, good and bad. You know, we go out there and most of the people are are watching and they've got high expectations or no expectations. And they're they're watching with that. You can see it in their eyes like, okay, 
who are these guys? Are they going to fall on their face? Okay, this must be terrible because they're Christians. You can kind of see this in some people's eyes. And, yeah. Uh, but then the response after a song or two is like, whoa, okay, wow, yeah, you know, and they're into it. And then we have the people that are just not into it. Right. You know, we, we've had guys come to our show and the entire show, they're flipping us off, you know, for the whole right. show. Right. And, and the way Michael Sweet is built is I'll stop the show and call him out and say, man, you just paid 30 bucks to come and flip us off for <laughs> 90 minutes. Wow. What a deal you got. Right. You know? And so, you know, I don't have a problem calling people out, but we, we definitely have seen it all over the years. We've had stuff thrown at us. We've been spat on. We've, you name it. We've been booed off the stage. You, you literally, you name it. We've seen it. Uh, but it doesn't stop us or slow us down any at all. No, it certainly hasn't. And I imagine, especially when you guys first came out with yellow black attack in, in 84 and, and then the soldiers under command, you know, that was at the height of the uh, Jimmy Swaggart anti-Christian rock. In fact, we talked about this with Russ Taft last season uh, about him coming out. And basically, he was raising money to help get you guys to stop what you were doing, I guess. I don't know exactly how he planned to do that. But so you guys were getting ridicule from both ends, right? And and that's, is that kind of what led up to Against the Law? Yeah, we definitely were being ridiculed from both ends, and even more so sometimes from the Christian side. Yeah, which makes and made absolutely no sense. You know, we often, as Christians, uh, are the first ones to attack and judge and destroy. Yeah, and that it's always boggled my mind because it should be the opposite. Sure, but you know, it didn't stop us any. But we did take it obviously, maybe even subconsciously take it to heart because we did step into the against the law era. Right. And that's when, that was a big F you to the church, basically. remember when that album came out and, and let me back up for just a second because i will tell you and i'm not i'm not blowing smoke i'm not kissing your butt this is the absolute truth my first cd cd that i ever bought was to hell with the devil right and, and i love that i played the heck out of it I, I still listen to it uh in fact i was at the uh 30th anniversary tour when you guys came through charlotte so i was there nice. and great concert by the way but anyway, when Against the Law came out, <laughs> don't laugh at me, but I'm seriously praying for you guys to come back to Christ <laughs> because no, I was no, so yeah. worried about you. You know what? I think a lot of people were. And I think we were. I, I was praying for myself to come back to Christ. Yeah. You know, and that's why I left the band. I, I left the band to save myself and to save mm. my family. 
And, and I didn't want to continue down that road of despair. I knew where it would lead. I had been there and done that, you know, before Striper. We all had. And we knew, we knew where it went. It went nowhere. Right. Uh, but, you know, it had to happen. It was just the way for us to get out everything that was in our, in our hearts and on our hearts. And, you know, the church beat us up pretty bad, man. They still do. Yeah. And it's somewhat loudly and somewhat silently. You know, it's, it, we've never been accepted by the church. We've never been accepted by that club, that CCM club that they have in Nashville. That's based in Nashville. And uh, nor do we ever want to be accepted by that club. And I say that with all due respect. What I mean by that is, is Stripers always done things their own way. Of course, according to God's plan and will and calling on our own lives and our own band. But I mean, not according to any other uh, contemporary Christian label or artist or how they think we should do things. We've always done things very differently. And everybody knows that. And that's why it's worked. That's why it's Striper, the ministry of Striper has reached so many people. Yeah. Let's fast forward a little bit because there was, it's sort of Striper's histories. Forgive me if I'm incorrect here, but they, to, in my view, they, there's kind of two eras of it. There's that whole yellow and black attack to uh, against the law. And then there's that, as you mentioned, the modern era, that 05 to, to now. What's the difference between the, those two eras for you? Oh, gosh. Well, I feel like, you know, the, the first time around, from 83 to 92, you know, we had a very distinct style, look, sound, uh, songwriting, uh, you know, style, and it worked. It had its time and its place, and it was incredible. But even though the numbers aren't the same now in, in our world it, with all artists, not just Striper, by the way, I feel that the band has been releasing and recording and producing some of our best music to date. And I feel like there's a maturity upon the band and there's still a place and a relevance for Striper in 2020. And at least that's what I believe. And that's why we keep doing this. That's why we, you know, we go in the studio and, and work so hard on a new album and, and work so hard on getting it out to the masses because we feel that there's still a message to be told and to be heard and received. But I still feel like there's a bit of that. How do I ask this in the most respective way? I still feel like there's that, that little bit of sticking it to the mainstream church and some of your, just, you know, with some of your album titles, like, you know, GD evil and uh, Messiah middle finger Messiah's song on the new album. What's behind that? Is it trying to get a rise out of people? Is it just trying to get people to, to stop and kind of take a listen to what you're saying? What, what, what's behind that? Yeah, it's definitely to make people think. Like with a title like Goddamn Evil, you know, it, it caused a lot of controversy. But when we decided to go with that title, we didn't think about the controversy at all. We never do. When we released To Hell with the Devil, we didn't. Yeah. We just thought, oh, you know what? What a cool title. Yeah, I like that. Let's go with that. We didn't sit and say, oh, my gosh, it's going to be so controversial. I wonder if we should or shouldn't. Hmm, let's think about this. <laughs> that's, not how we, that's not how we do things. Yeah. We, we go with what we feel led to do and, and what we're comfortable doing. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it. Goddamn Evil was no different. Uh, we released it, and, and a lot of people had a problem with it. But we were trying to basically 
tell people and educate people that it's not the words, it's the meaning behind the words. You know, yeah. when you put God damn together, people go, oh my gosh. But, you know, if, you're, if they're used in a different way other than just a throwaway expletive or swear or to, you know, to basically blaspheme God, there's nothing wrong with those words. And that's what it was from our perspective and from those lyrics. If you read the lyrics, it's basically, God, will you damn the evil that we're living, all the evil around us that we see that we're living in right now, will you damn it? It's a prayer. And some people roll their eyes at that and say, yeah, yeah, okay, well, yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> and I understand that's fine. And the one thing I heard a lot that I totally understand is I had a real tough time explaining that to my five-year-old son. Yeah. And I get that. You know, you, you may not want your five-year-old son going around the house singing, God damn evil, you know. <laughs> it may not be something you want want your boy or your, your girl singing. Uh, but at the same time, it was done more so to educate people than to just get a rise out of people. We don't, we don't do anything just to get a rise out of people. There's always something to it, you know? some meat and potatoes to it, for sure. Yeah. Fair enough. That's a fair enough answer. I mean, I, I totally see that, that side of it. Uh, and I don't think that anybody necessarily thinks, oh, they're just, you know, pretending to be a Christian band, but here they are, they have, you know, cuss words in their album titles. I, I don't think anybody's necessarily thinking that, but it just, it does. I, you're right. It rubs people the wrong way, but you're, you guys have never been about pleasing everybody. That's, that's for darn sure. No, but you, we've got those comments many times from people saying, oh, they're just pretending to be a Christian band. They're not real Christians. I'm a real Christian. And then you go you go open the door uh, to their house and you go into their closet and you see that they're addicted to porn and they're addicted to alcohol and they're addicted to drugs and they're not going to church and they're not doing this and they're not doing that. So those people that are pointing the fingers need to deal with their own sins. Wow. I think Jesus said something about that. Something about a plank and a log. And I, I think winter. so. I think I, I, I think I believe he said something about that a few times. Yeah. And it's not. It's not. I don't say that with the holier than thou attitude. Yeah. We're we're all sinners working on our our own hearts and our own selves, striper. But you know, for someone to say, "Oh, they're not real Christians," it's like, wow. You know, get 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 yourself in order. Get your life in order first. You don't know us. 
We've never broke bread together. We've never sat and discussed things. You don't know our hearts. How can you say that about us? But that's the world we live in. Yeah. Well, you, you open up a nice segue for me because um, we're talking about people that are, are battling. And uh, you guys had a very, what was an internal thing, but then it kind of played out publicly on social media when uh, Tim Gaines left the band or you guys got, you know, you guys fired him. I'm not sure exactly how to word that correctly, but can you walk us through that process a little bit about what happened with Tim after so many years? Why was he no longer able to continue to be part of Striper? Because it just wasn't working. It's as simple as that. Without getting into all the nitty gritty details, because I'd, I'd rather not. I, sure. my, my, brief, my brief comments are it just wasn't working. And history shows that and, and proves that because uh, it wasn't the first time. It was the third time. Yeah. Uh, and there are reasons why it wasn't working. And, you know, you don't, you don't have to keep from both sides torturing yourself. Yeah. If something's not working, comparing it to a marriage or whatever, you know, if it's a bad marriage, it's like, move on, you know, move on yeah. and, 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 and be happy and get into a good marriage. Uh, it just wasn't working. And, and now with Perry, it is working. You know, there's, there's peace in this band. We're, we're smiling again. We're, we're having fun. And not that we weren't having any fun before. I'm just saying, you know, there's, there's a whole different spirit within the band right now. And, and we're very happy with that. And, you know, we wish him nothing but the best. Hope that he has, you know, a great life. Uh, but at the same time, it just was not working. Are you still pretty, much, pretty much it. Are you still talking with him? No, I haven't talked to him uh, for quite a long time. Mm. We've uh, that that line is always open. You know, I, I don't even know if he still has our our cell phone numbers or not. He may have tossed them. I have no idea. Um, but the line's always open for communication. But we have not spoken to him. Uh, none of the guys in the band have spoken to him in quite a while. Mm. Well, let's talk about Oz real quick. As we're uh, recording this, he is really talk about battling. He is battling on a different level for uh, for his health. Um, how is he doing? Uh, as we're talking, he's had just recently suffered uh, another brain seizure, and he's really been battling. So, well, have you talked to him and his wife? How's he doing? Well, I tell you, I, I think he's in a. a is as weird as this may sound, he's in a good place. So, so in other words, he's, he's got a good attitude about everything and uh, been trying to do all the right things to, to battle it. You know, to be honest with you, I think everyone's surprised that he hasn't had more seizures mm. and probably Oz uh, being the most surprised because Oz was on seizure medication when he had his first seizure and then he stopped taking it and uh, tried some other different natural remedies and whatnot. And then he had another seizure uh, and I think, you know, everyone's a little surprised that maybe that didn't happen sooner. So, uh, you know, we're hoping and praying that it doesn't happen again. Uh, and we're so happy that he's okay. But, you know, I, I just think that, you know, this is going to be, a, a, this is going to be a long road in terms of getting through it. Uh, and Oz is, is right now talking about a possible surgery on one of the tumors and, um, and just 
asking everyone to pray. And it, it's a, it's a day at a time, one step at a time kind of thing. Like, like any, anything else or anyone else for that matter, who's battling something like this. It, uh, I think the strongest thing that we can do and the best thing we can do is just continue to love and support and pray, be there for them. And, um, and the rest is in God's hands. And we sure. serve a powerful and we serve a powerful and mighty God who can perform miracles. Amen to that. So let's talk a little bit about uh, Striper, just a little bit more. I have a couple questions for you. Favorite Striper song you've ever done? Oh, gosh. Favorite Striper song. Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> I, can never, I can never only pick one. Give me your top uh, so three. I gotta, Give me your top three. I got to go with maybe two at least. One okay. classic and one new one. All right. So one classic song, my favorite Striper song. I'm going to go with the song that I still enjoy performing. It's iconic. It's the song that most, if not everyone, remember us by. And it, it's, it's a great, perfect description of this band. And that's Soldiers Under Command. Wow. Okay. That's... I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with that one. Because it's, okay. it's kind of every, everything in a nutshell. Yeah. And I still enjoy playing it. I don't enjoy playing. Really? Yeah. Like which ones? Well, it's it's like getting a little old. Honestly, might be one of those. Well, I can understand that. I mean, but that was what really put you guys in the stratosphere. I mean, that put you on the on the secular map too. I, I know, I know, and it's not that I don't enjoy playing it. It's that I'm I'm not as excited to play it because we sure. played it so many. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. No, I get um, it. And then I would say maybe even songs like Calling on You. Hmm. You know, probably those two would be the most. Like it's a Tale with the Devil's the album we play the most. Yeah. Uh, but, I, you know, in Soldiers Under Command, having played that song just as many times, I still 
get it really excited about playing it. Like, yeah, you know, soldiers, let's do it. You know, and it's just a different thing. And, and I would pick that as my favorite best striper song from that era, from the new era. I'm going to have to go with, because of its epicness, I'm going to have to go with Yahweh. Oh, that's a great song. I, I, I remember to be honest with you, I was uh, riding around in my, in uh, my friend's car and we were on a way to a, a men's retreat. And he was like, Hey, have you heard uh, Striper's new, new uh, song? And I was like, I didn't even know they were still doing anything. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, like, you got to hear this. And I was blown away when I heard Yahweh. That, that's an incredible song. Yeah, it, it really is because it's, it, it's, I like to say, and I feel that it is, it's anointed. Yeah. I, I don't care who you are. When you hear that song, it moves you. It's, there's something, there's a spirit on that song. God's spirit's on that song. And it's the crucifixion of Christ set to, to music. And a, musically, it takes you on a roller coaster ride, you know, and it, yeah. it's it's really a cool track, and it's yeah. one of my favorites. That's a that's an excellent selection. Now, let me ask you a harder question: Is there any striper song? But I, I no, we'll even open this up to your solo career. Any song that you've ever recorded that you wish was not in your portfolio? Yes, there, there's a few. <laughs> One one song, I've already voiced this, I think, in my book. Uh, one song was a song called uh, uh, Come to the Everlife. Okay. And that was a song that Oz wrote. And it's nothing to do taking Oz out of the equation. If I had written it, it's just a song that doesn't really do anything for me. I I, I feel like it's just kind of a monotonous lackluster there's there's nothing to it really uh, now that, that may be some fans favorite song i don't know are you talking about lyrically so. or, or musically i'm talking about both okay just as a song yeah. uh, as a whole uh that's one I, i'd say that let me think of another oh man that's a really good question that's a good question <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely go definitely go with that song come to the everlife for sure but I'm going to leave it at that for now. Okay. Get, let me All take right. on that a little bit more. <laughs> Any, anything off against the law that would, you wish you guys hadn't done? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, I've voiced my opinion about against the law as an album uh, yeah. in general. I, I, I almost regret having done that album. Yeah. Uh, it's a great album. It's got a great sound quality to it. Some great performances on it. But I don't feel that that album is remotely close to classic Striper at all. We should have named. Right. We should should have changed the name of the band along with the colors and the sound. Should have changed the name. Should have called ourselves Van Striper or something like that. You know? <laughs> Go back to Rock's Regime. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> because it wasn't Striper. It just, right. It's it's not. It's a really great album, and I understand why a lot of fans uh, like it. I also understand why a lot of fans don't. Yeah. And there were there were things on that album that were uh, a little, you know, rock the people. It's, it's like I love the track. I love the music, but the lyrics, I think, were a little cheesy. Yeah. Uh, not, that, not that kind of guy. I, I, lyrically, really cheesy. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it got changed to not be so cheesy. The original title was not yo huggy guy. <laughs> I'm so glad yeah. you changed it. 
Could you imagine? <laughs> Can't you see I'm not your huggy guy? No, Lord of mercy. Yeah. No, so I, it got it got changed to not that kind of guy, and it it made it a little more credible. But you know, the lyrics of some of those songs uh, were just a little like uh, for me. You know. Yeah, I get that. But now I'll tell you one thing that you guys have did um, with one of your songs, and I kind of wish you would come out. Not that you asked my opinion, but I wish you would kind of do this for like a whole album. Is you redid in God we trust and and yes. kind of rebooted it as I G W T, and that intro that I was like, holy! Why didn't they do this the first time around? This is so good. So I wish I have you guys ever considered maybe doing that with several of your songs, your classic songs, and kind of just reimagining them and and re-releasing them. Has, has that ever come up? Yeah, it has uh, definitely. Uh, we've talked about uh, a number of things uh, that line up with that. Uh, obviously, we did Second Coming. Uh, we want to do a, a Third Coming uh, and, and re-record the In God We Trust songs and the Against the Law songs. And really more so, the purpose of that was to obtain the rights of those songs. Yeah. The masters. So they can be used if, if, if a movie or a commercial wants to use a, a song, we can give them one of those masters and say, here you go. And not have to go through a middleman sure. uh, being Hollywood records to get their permission, which is usually no. You know, so we just got tired of that and said, enough yeah. of this. Yeah, but yeah, we might reimagine some songs down the road. That would be really fun. That would be, as just as a fan, that would be awesome, Michael, to, for you guys to do that. That would be incredible. Absolutely, man. Um, it, I would, I would love to see that happen. The, the tricky part is, is making everything happen in a time that we have. Sure. You know, it's really difficult because there's so many. Uh, you know, there's so many things going on and so much on the calendar. It, it's somewhat difficult to squeeze it all in. Yeah. That pulls me into my last part of the interview, which is what is next for Striper? Um, you guys are touring a lot, obviously with Oz out of commission. That's I'm sure that's affected your touring a little bit. Um, is somebody filling in for him, but what is in the plans for moving forward for Striper as you move into the 40th year? Oh, man. I mean, nobody knows the future, you know, so we don't know, you know, exactly what the plans are moving into the 40th year. But I mean, we have a lot on the calendar um, over the next few years. We're releasing uh, a couple live sets, one being the whole Even the Devil Believes album. Uh, We went into the studio where we record and we recorded a live video and audio uh, in, in, in its entirety and tell with the devil. So we did two of them. Those are coming out. First one coming out in the next few weeks. Uh, even the devil believes. And then we, uh, we got an acoustic album that was wrapped up. We're going to release that at some point. And then we have also, gosh, a documentary we're going to be working on over the next few years and try to get that done slowly, but surely, uh, a new striper album. We're going to start working on at the end of next year. And there's some uh, dates we're supposed to be doing next year as well. Good. Good. So, I mean, there's a lot going on. I got a solo album I start work on. I got a Sunbomb album that's coming out with Tracy Guns, uh, a couple other projects. I mean, my my year next year is really booked. I've got a ton of stuff on the calendar. 
Well, that's good to hear that people are starting to tour again and go out and do stuff because this, I think everybody's had enough about the, uh, with the COVID. Yeah, I know, man, we got to keep living and keep working. We can't stop that for sure. Absolutely. Well, Michael Sweet, uh, Lee Manna Striper, wonderful solo artist. You guys, uh, let me just tell you, without Striper, there is no Christian metal, in my opinion. You guys start, started it all. And uh, thank you so much for everything you guys have done for Christian rock music. It is incredible to, to watch you guys still rocking it out after all these years. Thanks, brother. I really appreciate it, man. We're going to keep on keeping on. Got a lot more left in us. As I always say, the best is yet to come. So we'll see if that plays out and see if that uh, becomes reality. Sounds good. And when that solo album drops, we'd love to have you back and talk about that. Absolutely. Uh, I start work on that in February of next year and I'll turn it in uh, April or May and it may come out end of next year or beginning of uh, 2022. Sounds good, man. Well, thank you so much for being on the program today, Michael. Okay, brother. God bless, man. Thank you. You too. Take care, man. Hey, I hope you enjoyed episode one of season two of Jesus Freaks Final to Digital. Once again, special thanks to our guest, Michael Sweet, for being on the program. If you would like to support this program, we would love to have it. Simply go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Jesus Freaks Podcast. There are monthly pledge levels from $5 up to $35. And at certain levels, you even get Jesus Freaks goodies. So please, if you have the ability and want to support this program, we would love to have your support. Also, don't forget to join the Jesus Freaks Vinyl to Digital podcast group page on Facebook for all the latest on upcoming guests. And you even get to converse with some of the artists. They frequent the page as well. So check that out. Next week, Eddie DeGarmo from DeGarmo and Key will be on the program. And it is a fascinating interview as he talks to us about the DeGarmo and Key era and his friendship with the late Dana Key. It is a great interview. You do not want to miss it. You have been listening to Jesus Freaks Vinyl to Digital, a presentation of Capco Media Group. It is produced and hosted by Jason Huddle, with special thanks to research assistant Kevin Jewell. I leave you now with the title track from Striper's brand new album, Even the Devil Believes. Until next week, God bless. God bless.